Hi, my name is Shannon Lee, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Hey everyone, we are going to just dive right in with the second half of release here, but just a couple quick reminders. April 29th, Leadership Forum, presented by Cover My Meds. Cover My Meds is partnering with Relay on this event, and we are so excited about that. LaShondra Baker, who is their Director of Employee Engagement, is our chair for the event. We will tackle the theme of engagement from three angles, employee engagement, engaging diversity, and engaging culture in the workplace. It's truly a stellar lineup. There'll be surprises when guests arrive in the form of swag. There's going to be networking, food, discussion time, and other fun fun parts of this event. Just go to RelayLeadership.com slash Lima Foxtrot 2020. LF 2020 to check it out and get your ticket. Please bring your whole team. You will not want to miss. Uh, Like and share. Subscribe to this podcast. If you want to communicate with us here at the Slapcast, just email us at slapcast at relayleadership.org. Now, I wrote a book on mindset that you can find on Amazon. It's called Servant Leader Mindset, Transforming Your Leadership from the Inside Out. If you buy it and read it, let me know what you think. I'm curious to get your feedback. Um, It's all about the five mindsets, what I believe are the five mindsets necessary to embody servant leadership. So check that out. All right, let's get going. Welcome. So today we are talking about release again. And just as a reminder, what I mean by release is empowering others to do their jobs and part of yours, then getting out of the way while helping them become accountable for their results. Last week, I talked about the mindset of release. And just as a reminder, this is that we release people to do their work and part of ours, not just to get stuff off of our plate, Not just because delegation is a good leadership thing to do, although it is, uh, but our true mindset behind release is the development of others. We want to help others develop. So today, as promised, I want to talk about what we see are four development levels of people at work. And this has to do with just how people learn either a new job, a new task, or how they move through conquering and perfecting and managing a new goal. So a couple things, people, including you, can be at one development level in their job as a whole and at another level for a specific task. So I would consider myself at a level four for my job as a whole, but there are certain tasks that I've had to take on or new objectives in this year where I might be at a development level one or two because they are new to me. Furthermore, someone can be at all different levels on any number of job goals and tasks at one time. So one person doesn't necessarily fit into one development level all of the time. That's why when we're coaching folks and when we're taking people through this workshop, 
we try to deal with it on a situational basis. So we talk about a specific employee situation and try to assess what development level they are in that situation so that the leader knows how to show up, okay? So the big picture is that even though I'm gonna talk about these as four levels, it's important for everyone to understand that no one person sits at one of these levels completely. They might be in one, they might be in all four depending on the different tasks that are on their plate or the different goals. So development level one, think of this person as they're green, they're enthusiastic, they're the beginner, right? So they're either new to the job or new to the goal or task. They are probably inexperienced, even though they still may have some transferable skills. But the reason why they're so excited and enthusiastic is because they do not yet know what they don't know, right? So think about this for a minute. When you don't know what you don't know, there's nothing to really be discouraged about, right? You're in blissful ignorance. So that's the competence level. In the commitment area, this person's usually pretty eager to learn. They're curious. They, they want direction. They're willing to take direction because they want to be successful. So this results in enthusiasm. And they usually at this point have a lot of confidence in regard to their abilities. They actually don't believe that the learning will be difficult at this point. So this enthusiastic beginner is jumping right in. Some of the watchouts for an enthusiastic beginner is they may over, they may be overly competent, I'm sorry, they might be overly confident about how their transferable skills can help them in this new task. They may overpromise. They may um, over-exaggerate their abilities, probably from a position that they really believe that that's true. And so this isn't someone who is being dishonest, but rather someone who is just feeling very, very confident about their abilities. And so it's important for us to recognize these folks. And it's typically someone who has just started with the organization or has just been given that next new project, if you will. And so pretty typical, pretty easy to identify that enthusiastic beginner. At the development level two, this person would now be considered a disillusioned learner. And that is because their competency, um, they, they have some knowledge and skills in learning, right? There's a reason you hired them. They had to have had some kind of transferable skills. But they're not competent yet in the new task, or they're not competent yet in navigating the environment of their new workplace. Or maybe they're just on a new team. So they might feel like they're kind of stuck and they don't know how to move forward. The telltale sign of someone at this level two is that they have inconsistent performance. So it doesn't mean that they're not performing, but it means that they're performing really well in one area, but not so well in another, or they're having fits and starts in one area because maybe some of their knowledge has helped them get three steps down the line in their task and then now they run into a barrier and they don't know how to move forward so they kind of stop and then the performance wanes for a while. On the commitment side, they can get pretty discouraged and frustrated. They might even be ready to quit. When you have someone working for you that feels demotivated and indicates that they feel overwhelmed, maybe even confused, or that they're super afraid of making mistakes, this is usually someone at level two. 
The reason why someone at development level two will be fearful of making mistakes is because remember, they believe that they have knowledge and skills that can help them with this job, but now that they know what they don't know, because remember at one, they didn't know what they didn't, what they didn't know. <laughs> but now that they realize that there's things that they don't know, it can be a little scary and they might realize, huh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And so this is a critical development level for the leader to recognize. And once I get done with all four, I'm going to explain how the leader shows up a little bit differently to each of these folks. At level three, now we've got a capable but cautious contributor. Their competence has been demonstrated. You see that they are able, that they have the experience, and they're starting to get the knack for this new goal or this new job. They are starting to make some productive contributions to a team, the project, and they seem to be getting some traction. And generally speaking, they're pretty skillful at this point. However, on the commitment side, they still might be somewhat hesitant and unsure. They might even be super self-critical and they couldn't be getting a little bored or apathetic. And sometimes this comes from a lack of confidence. Maintaining a lack of confidence for a long period of time can cause people to lose interest in what they're doing because it doesn't feel good to not feel confident for a long period of time. And so that's where the apathy comes in. And so someone at this level is someone who more than likely you've got this person if you see that they're capable and that they're doing a good job, but they do not yet believe it. They do not yet see it. And then finally, at a level four, this is what we're all after, which is the self-reliant achiever. This person is accomplished. They are consistent in their competency. You know, the person that's hitting it out of the park all the time. And they may even begin to be recognized by others as an expert, the go-to person. All of us, well, maybe not everyone, a lot of us have this innate desire to be seen as an expert and to be seen as the guy or the lady who knows their stuff. The D3 wants to get there, but they don't have the confidence yet. The D4 is there and people are starting to look to this person for answers. On the commitment side, they are extremely self-reliant and autonomous. In fact, this person in certain areas is probably becoming proactive. And what I mean by that is you ask for something and they say it's done. <laughs> they already knew what was expected because they are so competent and they are so confident in their ability to make decisions that they are, not, are no longer waiting for permission to get their job done. They just get their job done. And their confidence is justified. They've made good decisions. They've been trained well. They've had good experiences. And so they're more self-assured. And my favorite part is they are inspired and they are inspiring. When you have someone on your team who is starting to inspire others, that's a sign that at least in that particular area, they have reached this fourth level. That's the time to find out, is it time for this person to replicate what they know in someone else? They probably have the capability now to show up with the appropriate amount of direction and support for others and to teach others the things that they have learned. So let's review. Level one, the enthusiastic beginner. 
this person is new, they're green, they're excited. Think of like that new puppy. <laughs> just <laughs> eager to please and just I'm here for everything, right? Or two of them. Or two of them, which that's real. There, we have two puppies upstairs. There are two puppies up there. Yep. Um, and so, so yeah. So then at level two, the, the competence is starting to wane as is the commitment. So when you think of, let me back up. So at one, you've got this high competence and you've got, uh, I'm sorry, low competence, but high commitment. If you think of these as levers. Okay. Low competence, high commitment, low competence, just because they're new at the task. Then you get to the level two, you've got low competence, low commitment. So what changed? The commitment is kind of waning because they're discouraged. Then at the third level, you've got high competence, but the commitment is still waning because they don't have all the confidence that they need. And then at four, we've got high competence and high commitment. And so what's important to understand here as leaders is we've got to know how to diagnose these different levels. We've got to learn to identify where people are so that then we as leaders can adjust our style appropriately. As you can imagine, the conversations and goal setting that you might go through verbally with someone who is at that first level, is not the same conversation you would have with someone at level four. If you remember on the previous podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, if you're just not tuning in, there's a first part to this that you need to listen to because all of this will make more sense if you do. I mentioned that there are two mistakes in performance management. One is over supervision, otherwise known as micromanaging, and under supervision, which is otherwise known as abdication. What happens is when we hire folks and we throw them into the deep end, we treat them there like they're a level four. We have essentially under supervised them, right? We've treated them like they are highly competent, that they are just knocking it out of the park, that they can do it because maybe we have a lot of confidence in their transferable skills, right? We know that they're accomplished. Problem is they're not ready for that yet. Or what we do is the opposite, we have a self-reliant achiever and we sit down and have a level one conversation with them, which can be seen as over-supervision or micromanaging. So how do we avoid this? The way you avoid it is you diagnose and then you match. So the leader matches their style to the development level of whoever it is that they're talking to. So if you have a level one development, the leader then takes a high directive posture and a low supportive posture. When we say support, we don't mean no support. What we mean is that someone at level one needs a lot of direction and direction takes the form of how to's, templates, one, two, three, this is the way I want you to do it. Here's the solution to your problem. Now, this is not the leader doing the work for the direct report. This is the leader telling the direct report exactly what they want done. And they are transparently and with vulnerability explaining to the direct report, listen, I'm not always going to give you all of these directions. Eventually, I'm going to ask you to maybe innovate this and make some changes to it. But until you learn the job or learn this task, whatever, I'm going to give you the one, two, three so that you can get practice because my goal for you is to grow in your confidence and your competency in this area. Because I believe in you. I acknowledge your transferable skills. You have what it takes, et cetera, et cetera. 
So it's important at this level for the leader to give lots of direction, but this person doesn't necessarily need tons of support, right? They don't need tons of encouragement because they've got it in spades, right? They're super confident, maybe even overly confident in their abilities. Now at level two, that leader style that matches has to up the supportive behavior. So they still are giving high direction because remember at level two, this person still has some knowledge and skills that are transferred, but they still don't know how to move forward. They're hitting roadblocks and they're unsure of themselves. Now they know what they don't know. So they're feeling discouraged. So now that leader has to up the lever of support, encouraging, coaching. You can do this. Here's what I see. Getting specific. Here's your skills as a CPA at employer A that I see transferable over here at employer B. This is why we think you can do this along with the high direction. And this is how we want you to do it. One, two, three, right? Moving on to the level three, development level three. Now you have, once again, someone who has the experience and they've demonstrated it, but they're still just having some hesitancy. They're a little less sure of themselves. Um, They're still not as sure of themselves. This is the person that has the capability and the competency. They just need higher level of confidence. And so the leader then comes in and doesn't necessarily need to give all the direction that they used to give, but the conversation focuses more on being supportive. You've got this. I'm here for you. Do you want to bounce ideas off of me? What have you tried before? What solution do you think you'd like to choose, et cetera? You're there as a sounding board, as a support to this person, but they ultimately make the call. They ultimately solve their problem. You're just helping them work it out. You're not giving them the answer. You're not directing them the way you want them to go like you would at level one or two. At level three, you're demonstrating that you believe they can make that decision on their own, by encouraging them to do so and letting them know you're going to be there no matter what happens. Then at four, this is that self-reliant achiever. This person needs low direction, low support. Again, this doesn't mean no support. This doesn't mean no direction. It just means it's low comparatively to the other levels. So this might mean that that conversation is more like, oh, thanks for the update on the project. Um, what do you need from me to help you be successful? Well, nothing really. I'm doing really good. All right. Well, you know where I am if you need me. That's literally what a level four conversation might sound like, right? It might sound like someone bringing to, you know, I ran into this, uh, to this barrier to getting this project off the ground and I came up with a few options. I'd like to run them by you and just get your ideas. Ultimately, they can do that, share their ideas, but you want them making the decision, The other thing I want you to understand about these four levels is at level one and two, you as the leader always decide what the move forward steps are. If the person, if the direct report is confused about something, unsure of how to move forward, feeling stuck, you are deciding what the answer is, what you want them to do and how you want them to do it. And you're explaining that to them. But if they're at three or four, they are more than welcome to discuss those issues with you but you are supporting them and encouraging them to make that decision on their own. And truly a level three or four should be able to do that very, very well. So that's it. Those are the development levels to think through. If we are going to intentionally release work to others and part of our work to them, we've got to do so in a way that isn't under supervising or over supervising. We need to do it in a way that gives them the appropriate levers 
between direction and support so that they can be successful and develop and grow. Because again, that's the mindset behind release that we give this to people We give them things to do. We give them job descriptions. We give them goals. We give them tasks because we want them to develop and grow in their role, grow as professionals, maybe their future leaders, who knows? Our part in that process is giving them the opportunity to grow. Now, if you, if this has piqued your interest at all and you want to learn more about how you can operationalize the use of this kind of language at your place of employment. We actually hold an entire workshop just on these development levels. It's part of a larger performance management workshop. It's called SL2. It's the most widely used performance management model in the world. Okay. So it's proven and stuff. All right. It's a good performance management model. And what makes it work so well is because it helps the leader understand how to adjust, or as I like to say, how to juggle. And yes, in the workshop, there's some juggling. It helps the leader learn how to juggle their leadership style. I do want to mention for the leaders listening to this, each of us has a default leadership style. Mine happens to be style three, where I'm highly supportive and I give less less direction. What that means is whenever I have to show up to someone who's at a development one or two level, that's always going to cause tension for me because it's not natural for me. That's okay. It just means I have to be more aware. I have to be more intentional. I'm probably going to make most of my mistakes there. Most of my leadership mistakes are going to be around not giving enough direction and not giving enough instruction. And so I have to constantly be aware of that. That's all. It's no big deal. We all have a dominant style, which makes at least two of the other styles, if not all three of the remaining styles, a little less comfortable for us. And that's totally normal. We would love to talk to you about an SL2 workshop if this piques your interest. All you have to do is you can reach out to me directly, Shannon Lee at RelayLeadership.org if you want to learn more or just have any questions. Be happy to chat with you about that. Quick reminder, mark your calendars. Leadership Forum, April 29th. Cannot stress this enough. It's going to be so much fun. You can find information on how to sponsor, how to buy a ticket, how to get a table for your team, all that good stuff. You get to learn about all the speakers at RelayLeadership.com slash LF 2020. Next month, you're going to meet the Leadership Forum keynote, Jason Barger, and I can't wait for that. So until then, see you next time.